This is the Sports Physio Ireland Education Podcast with your host, Joey Boland, your number one source for all things physiotherapy, training, and fitness. Find out more at www.sportsphysioireland.com. How you doing, guys? Here we are back with Sports Physio Ireland's third podcast. And um, what we're going to go through today is we're going to go through what we see and um, the positives and negatives that we see coming in and out through Sports Physio Ireland when we're dealing with ACL rehabilitation. Um, so with me here is Rian Casey, our ex- expert physio on uh, ACL rehabilitation. Um, so Rian, we'll start off... Um, Day, I suppose, post post well, pre-operation. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? What would you suggest? Well, I suppose primarily the the, the case that I see is um, are quite an athletic population, and um, obviously it, it it very much changes um, depending on on the patient themselves. I find pre-operatively you can do quite a bit, and uh, the way I pitch it is basically the more you do pre-op. Um, the better position you'll be in post-op to make a, a quicker recovery and a, and not only a quicker recovery but a better recovery and come back an overall stronger athlete or yeah or so yeah like so in sports physio we're, we're so specific like we pride ourselves on our technique our movement and um, first and foremost and then we build strength on top of that so the the problem is when when you get an ACL guy who or, or girl who hasn't um being in sports physio Ireland pre-op, then they're obviously worrying about their knee, getting their bend, getting their straightened, but they're also having to learn the technique as mm-hmm. well in that six to eight week window post-operation. But what we do generally is we train our, our, say if you're going for surgery in a month, we generally train you for about the four weeks previous so that the eight weeks after, you're not worried about technique, about where does your knee bend or you where does your shoulders go on a squat. You have the basics, so it's pretty seamless then after the rehabilitation, and then yeah, you can just be focus a, on the yeah, it'll be a smooth transition then post opera pretty much. So exactly. you basically, you have the basics nailed down. There's not as much of the obviously it is very much one to one coaching, but at the same time, it's not as intense as it would have had to be had you not done the prefab. Exactly. So then, with with these, then Marine, um, I suppose we we can divide it up. Uh, which do you prefer? Uh, do you prefer having a hamstring, or um, would you prefer? Yeah, or would you have prefer having a patellar graft? To be honest, um, I that doesn't really make much of a difference. Obviously, certain different surgeons pref, uh, preference different uh, types of graft. Um, I think the from a pain point of view, the what I've seen anyway from a, the the bone graft seems to be. And because of the, the location of the, the graft site, it seems to be the one that causes a little bit more pain for longer. Um, but having said that, it does, all the research suggests that it is, you know, a, a stronger graft long term, um, just because of the nature of the, the area, I suppose. But um, then with the hamstring, obviously, there's other, there's other precautions you have to worry about with, like, the bike early on. But, you know, I mean, it's to be, to be perfectly honest with you, it's... Um, I find it quite quite similar. Okay. Um, so what what generally in sports physio, what you would do is, I tend to try and get you to get full straightening first. So in the first couple of weeks, 
what you really do need is you need to be able to fully straighten your knee. Yeah. Often what we see though is some people that are hypermobile and their knee doesn't fully, their, their other, their good knee uh, goes into almost negative range so it kind of, their knee bends backward. Uh, often with a new graft you just have to find out from the surgeon um, that they, they might never get that full kind of extension anyway because you know it's just a new graft the nature of the knee uh, I've seen that a couple of times that's very important the second thing is the control of swelling and pain while the stitches are healing um, and to try and get bend um, do you find that it's hard sometimes you know when to push when not to push on the knee bend from a manual point from of view from a manual therapy point of view yeah um, I think the, I, I do very little manual hands-on therapy to be, to be, to be honest with you. I think the, the, the best thing to do is, um, because ACL rehab is such a long process to get the, the patient or the, the individual to, um, to take charge of their own rehab as early on as possible yeah. because they are going to be doing a, whole, a lot by themselves in yeah. the gym for the, well, realistically, it's, 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 it's a year rehab, isn't it? It's not, it's not even just six months yeah. to, to nine months. Exactly. Um, so, from a knee bend, I like use bands. I use a towel or something yeah. like that, and get them and encourage them that you know. Obviously, excruciating pain is not advised, but to push into you know the, that pain barrier, just kind of try to get a millimeter more knee bend each time. Yeah. And um, that's good. So you kind of you put the you empower the, the patient yeah. to and you educate the patient as to look, we need this knee bend. You need this is okay. This is not okay. Um. So really, in the first kind of six weeks you'd want to be getting you know your full knee bend your full knee strength obviously there's some complications because sometimes you see an acl that it's quite complex so we all want a nice clean acl but what happens if you've got some cartilage damage some bone bruising some lcl some mcl issues and very um, often that is and that's often the case very rare to get an acl wound so. so yeah so this unhappy triad you know of the the, the cartilage the acl and the mcl it's often the lcl as well so some people some of my clients come to me and they're like oh why am i not cycling why am i not running why is my knee not bending and straightening as good as the other lad mm-hmm. or the other lady that's next door to me or whatever but it's the same as anything like no one cruciate is the exact same no, no injury was the same so it just depends on what the damage is inside so in sports physio and what we do is we make sure it's a long process we make sure that we don't push it too hard or push it too slow get the bending get the straightening that's essential in the first six weeks eight mm-hmm. weeks because realistically like you know some people push on and start doing box step ups after four weeks and oh look I've got him hopping after six weeks but like at the end of the day he's going to be back playing at the nine month period anyway so them hops and the strength that you do gain in the first four months my in my head I'm thinking look what's the risk to outweigh the benefits? So if you start, I've seen people box step up before week six with a patella graft. Sure, they've only got two thirds of their patella and then suddenly they're getting patella tendinopathy going forward and it just slows down the rehab going forward. The other aspect of that would be hopping and jumping. You see someone doing hopping and jumping at six to eight weeks and then you're saying, number one, like, is the, is the, the, the graft obviously isn't healed. Number two, do, do the muscles fire on landing? And if they don't fire on landing, is there jarring in the knee joint? And then you get a bit of swelling. So that can, and swelling is not good. Swelling holds the process. So I'm actually currently dealing with one at the moment that's got a, a bit of cartilage damage at the, and a bit of bone bruising. And swelling is telling us to ease back each time. So I'm going on swelling as what's irritated within the joint because obviously it's getting irritated within the joint. So if you've got a cartilage or if you've got a kind of bone bruising, 
generally my rule of thumb would be look let it heal and don't aggravate it for the three months get as much bend get as much strength and get as much muscle activation around it as you can for those three months and then you can belt on with your rehab and catch up and mm. um, i think a lot depends on the the, the level of activity the, the person wants to get back to as well like if it's if it's a more inactive person why would you bother doing all that as you said jumping and landing when you, you know you're going to be doing it eventually but there's no point in trying they're to not under time pressure, pressure. Not it's under not like Johnny Sexton trying to get exactly, back to the exactly exactly if it's different if it's a, if it is an intercounty level athlete or it's a, as you said a, a, an international rugby player mm-hmm. um, who is under that time pressure who has a goal to work, that they're working towards to get towards mm-hmm. um, maybe then in certain, in certain cases like that you would want to push on yeah. your rehab but yeah. otherwise I'd take it nice and slow give them the give them the opportunity to, to, to heal, as you said. And, um, yeah, take it kind of like that. So, for in, in sports we are in here, what we do is we would, obviously, in the first uh, six to eight weeks, you're talking bend and straightening. Obviously, with this, you would teach them all their movements, squat, lunge, your deadlift pattern, and your push-ups, and, you know, general core stability and stuff like that, you know, get to the bottom of why did they actually do their cruise ship? Was it unfortunate, or... Were they predisposed to it? Did they have weakness in their core? Did, were they land mechanics or whatever? Did they have a history of kind of an ankle injury on the other side, which meant that they jumped and landed on that a bit too much? So my mate Tom Brady is playing with the Dublin footballers at the moment and played with the Dublin hurlers. It's actually interesting. He was playing against Galway uh, five or six years ago, and he had an MCL on the left side going into the game. He was marking Joe Canning a full back. High ball come up under the stand, and he went up to catch the ball, competing with Joe. So his brain knew that his left knee was injured and had an MCL, so he had bandaged. So he should have landed on his left leg, but he didn't. He landed awkward on his right without him knowing it, and that's how he did his cruciate. So there's little stuff like that that you can see. Why did they do the cruciate? So we'd obviously be getting to the bottom of that as well during the first couple of months. Um, and we go through your your um, motor development and motor pattern. So teach them all that really, really well for the first you know eight to 12 weeks. And then obviously we just add the strength in on top of it. Mm. I think as well, like from uh, something I found anyway, is um, guys are obviously when when they do the ACL, they, you know, because it's so publicised now and it's it's seen as this massive injury that is a year long rehab. Uh, guys seem to get really down on themselves mm-hmm. um, when they do their ACL. Um, but I suppose the big thing is just to, from a I suppose a psychological point of view as well, just getting them on board you can um just i suppose tell them that when else are they going to have the opportunity to to develop as an athlete or spend nine nine months to a year with one-to-one coaching with a physiotherapist or with an snc coach where you can really work on your areas of weakness or your your uh, areas that you need to develop and come back overall a stronger athlete yeah big time um that's that's huge like you know to to kind of put all that kind of the other the other aspects into it because like you know you, you have to take in the, the emotional side of it the eating side of it as well the socializing side of it as well like you know you see an acl at three months and they're off and you know if you're out probably every weekend and you're on uh, in a dance floor or jumping around the place um you know you are going to aggravate it so i've seen this and people come into me on a monday or tuesday morning and their knees a bit swollen and a bit stiff and i said what did you do the weekend ah it was the brother's 21st or something like that Mm. i was out and about 
and you wouldn't you know when you're drinking and you're standing there on on the leg for you know the goods of six or seven hours sometimes and if you're doing a bit of dancing or something like that you know it can all build up and it's like you know that's like four or five gym sessions pressure through that knee so that's one of the things that we kind of like to take into consideration their sleep patterns what they're doing at night are they out and about and um their mood as well um nutrition on top of that as well you have to keep the body fat down as best you can so you have mm-hmm. to kind of alter your diet you can't just eat like you are playing yeah. that's another thing that we kind of like to help our clients um so the next phase then we drive on to the strength phase so we have to load up our squat load up our deadlift load up our lunges and uh, really get the muscle bulk so we generally do two or three as to one reps on the the bad leg the affected leg obviously we've got full range of motion now. just really get that hypertrophy back into the quad and mm-hmm. um, once we get the hypertrophy in and once we're happy with that then we go on to our skipping our movement patterns our side to side patterns and mm-hmm. um, and then when you start touching you know four or five months you start doing your running your cutting your jumping um, and then return to play is also difficult because you know anybody that can return to play you know they're out on the pitch we have to kind of prepare them in the gym as best we can so that when a scenario arises on the training pitch they can react, they can to, react it. to it it's a very very difficult thing to do i suppose to, in, a, in a gym setting to um, to recreate that pitch or training environment but i suppose you have to do everything you, you can the best thing to do i suppose is actually to get physically out onto a pitch with the person onto to, to uh, patch of grass and do your cutting drills do your thing in pair of boots or whatever the, the sport is you know yourself just to get it as close as you possibly can to, to game type situations so Reen uh, Reen's are he works with the awfully senior footballers currently at the moment so how give us an example of say a session say if I was returning back and I was six seven months and I'd be doing a bit of run or whatever mm-hmm. how do you integrate him back into training because obviously you can't just jump him back into a five-a-side match no, flat out no, no. do you give him a bib and let him run around in the middle to get confidence, or do you get a partner out on the side of the pitch and do a little mini tackling drill? Or how did you do it when you were bringing back your ACL? Yeah. Well, I suppose um, it has to be. It's 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 much slower, so it's, it, can, it can be very frustrating. I think for for um, for a lot of players because they see, say for example, with me now, I, I might have a, a guy coming back from a hamstring return to play, a guy coming back from some sort of groin injury, mm-hmm. and also then an ACL all in the one group. Um, when I'm on the pitch and the guy, the ACL guy looks at the two other guys whose injuries obviously aren't as um, sort of severe from to a better word and um, then they, they do the same sort of drills and he's managing to keep up but then they're returning to play much quicker and mm. um, he's doing his... Be frustrating. Obviously, yeah, very mm. frustrating but um, he's uh, he's doing his kind of, you know, cone drills, running lateral, linear stuff and then kind of cutting side to side mm. um, all going well but then to transition then to a training type situation where there's other players involved and there's ball involved is very, very different. So what I often like to do is, you know, break it up. So you've got, you know, your two to three weeks of straight line running, you're cutting, you're, you're, you're jumping, landing, skipping, then actually integrating the ball into the rehab. Mm-hmm. So getting them jumping, landing, getting the guy from training, pulling them out and mm-hmm. um, getting him involved as well. Then obviously adding in the ball with contact, so you've got your ball, you've got a couple of players around, introducing that contact type situation, mm-hmm. and then as you said, when you do eventually integrate them back into full training, again it has to be graded. So you know you could use a bib. Usually the guys will know who the ACL guy is anyway, so you know they'll know. But the bib is probably a good way to do it. 
um, pop a bib on and you have the guys shadowing rather than actually hitting them and tackling hard. So allowing them to rebuild up his confidence with, with the ball, with cutting, twists and turning in a match type situation. And then slowly, obviously, you know, you're not going to go and throw him in for 60, 70 minutes straight away. It has to be five minutes here. Gets you that okay. It's like a tick the box system. So gets you that okay. Gets you five minutes okay. Get him doing 10 minutes, 15 minutes. If he doesn't get through 15 minutes okay, he goes back to 10 minutes. And then once he gets through that, he work it up. Yeah, that's that's really it. Like, you know, and uh, from, from experience and uh, from working with ACLs in the past, like, you know, you are back on the pitch let's say nine months you're back on the pitch of training but you know you're back there in body but in your mind it does take a lot of psychology for the next six months. generally what i see is lads get back they play a season and they actually play a season they contribute but they're not themselves for another full year after so you know you're talking 18 months until the person or the player is operating at the level that they were pre, uh, you know, and, and some, sometimes people never get yeah. back. Like you look at Mike Lessie and for Chelsea came back after six or seven months. Yeah. He was back in body, but he was never the same player no. again. He just didn't have the confidence, didn't have the explosion. So maybe that's the case if he's rushed back too soon and then he just didn't feel comfortable on the pitch and then the psychology rolls on. There's just so much. Um, so that's really it. Like at Sports Visual Ireland here, we like to kind of work with our clients. So we've got an ACL package, um, which means that once you say pre-operation, you come in, you get all your pre-op done, you get everything taken care of, you kind of walk through it, held handheld through it, right the way until you back to play your first game. It's quite a good package. So anybody out there that uh, thinks that they need it or they have any friends that would like, just give us a shout. Um, that's it from us. Thanks for listening. Um, Ray and Casey thanks a million for your advice no and um, we'll be back next week guys I think we're going on to do Achilles injuries next week but I'm not 100% on that one thanks